Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Welcome to the Mac Attack with Mac. Big, white, stiff. T-Bone. It's hard to do a show with a guy that's so volatile. Preppy. The bills make me want to shout. Now your host and cursor of many teams, Chris McLean. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. Hey. Hey. I never thought this moment would come, honestly. I never thought we would do a day after the lottery show where we were happy. I didn't really know if we'd ever do a show where we're happy about really anything in Charlotte sports, to be honest with you. Yeah, baby. How about that? We got a little lottery luck. First time in 21 years the Hornets have moved up in the draft lottery. Uh, since the second phase of NBA basketball in Charlotte, they had been 0 for 15. They had not moved up once in the lottery until last night. Give Devontae Grant the most improved player. He brought this home for us, man, last night. Very cool. The Hornets draft third, by the way. You would think from the way we're reacting that we just found out we're drafting first for the next five drafts. We're number three. <laughs> we're number three. But it is so exciting because we're just not used to nice things happening to us. We're just not used to that. And we will talk about it today. And it, who is the player you look at and you hope, I hope he's there at number three. I hope he's there and I hope we take him. And do you feel hopeful and do you feel excited about the Hornets? Because these are good feelings, but they're not necessarily common feelings. So we must explore them and talk them out on today's Mac Attack radio show. Mac and Bone with you to celebrate the Hornets getting the number three pick overall. We got Panther stuff to talk about as well. We got a new punter slash kicker brought in here. What's the deal there with that? We've got McCaffrey and DJ Moore getting some reps of punt return. And uh, as fans, we all start bickering about it yesterday. We'll get into that as well. And we got college happenings uh, on the COVID scene, unfortunately, here in the state of North Carolina that we will talk about at UNC, at, or at uh, ECU and at NC State. We'll get into all of that here on the Mac Attack on FNZ. By the way, late last night, Lakers, although they ended it pretty early. You don't have to stay up late just to know how, the outcome of that one. Lakers blow out Portland, and Dame Lillard ends up with a finger injury as well that could affect him moving forward. So it was 
Good night for the Lakers. Not a good night for those hoping the Lakers lose. Bucks bounce back big time, too. So we're ready to rock and roll. Devontae Graham, the uh, go-to guy last night to get it done at the lottery, will join us at 840 today on this fine radio show. Joe Theismann to talk a lot of Panthers and a lot of NFL in the 7 o'clock hour. Bone Man, how you feeling today, good, baby? Good morning. We've had happy shows in the past. We just had to go back in the archives to figure out when those happy shows were. It's been we, a long we, time, we man. We pegged we had a couple in 2015, but we're not sure if we've had, <laughs> we've had many since then. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now, 72 degrees. Charlotte Comfort Systems has six months, no payments, no interest available. Check them out at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Real quick, want to give a shout-out to all the girls on various dating sites that will ignore me this weekend. Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, mm -hmm. Amber, Serena, yep. Melody, yep. Dakota, Sierra, oh, Bambi, yeah. Crystal, Samantha, Audrey, wow. Ruby, okay. Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny. Wow, Courtney, come on. All right, there we go. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. See you never. That's going to be the list of groupies for that star player we get at number three, <laughs> baby. Oh, my these, goodness. These, I'm jacked up. Seriously. Are, those are actually all the girls leaving James Harden's bubble hotel room. <laughs> Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina. There you go. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to go all the no, way through. No, 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 okay. Not all the air, please. Uh, oh, okay. I, um, to, it's a, it is a bubble, man. I mean, if, you, if you keep going, Mac, that's a cluster. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm about ready to go play some pickup hoop today, man. I'm so freaking, I, I'm so, I'm so cranked up. Like something good happened to the Hornets. I tuned in to watch that lottery, and I just, I thought it was going to be Groundhog Day again. I mean, how many times, Bone? You and I've been together 15 plus years. We, I've been here since the start of the second phase of basketball, so I've seen literally everything. The good. And that wasn't much. The bad, and that was a lot. I've seen the 15 failed lotteries, and last night was really cool. And I know it's only the third pick. I feel like we're celebrating it like we did get the number one pick. But I do feel like there's a very good chance they could get a, a guy with some big-time potential at the number three pick. But of course, it yeah. depends on what's done in the two spots ahead of now, my Golden, not, by uh, Minnesota and Golden State. It's not the best draft in terms of depth. So to get up in the top three, it doesn't, you know, I, I think some star players might, well, really good players might emerge from this draft later on. Like it happens sometimes, like there could be a player in the teens. I don't know how many pure stars are in this draft. But so, so you're saying you'd rather draft in the teens? No, I'm just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Why do I bother, Preppy? Why do I bother? I just asked a question. I'm simply saying this is not like last year's draft. You're picking third. It's probably R.J. Barrett. You're not going to get an R.J. Barrett, in my opinion, I, at number three this I year. I think you could get a player that is, ends up better than R.J. Barrett. You think you get a player three better than R.J. Barrett? I, it depends in, this, on, in this draft? Depends on who so. goes at one and two. I think there's some really nice players in this draft. I don't think there's many stars in this draft. I, 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 don't think, this is, I don't think this is a star-studded draft. I don't think it's that way. And I'm happy to be three. I'd rather be three than not having the luck, but I don't think this is a star-studded draft. I, I, mean, I don't think it is either, but I think, you know, stars come from places where you don't – like Donovan Mitchell – I don't think we sat. I don't think everybody sat here and said he was going to be a star. And well, he is. That's that's what that's you what know? I mean. But Donovan Mitchell went later on. Down okay, but at number three, it is possible to get a star. No, it's it's certainly possible. My opinion is that there are not many stars in this draft. You certainly rather be three and have the luck than previous years. I think there's a name there that stands out that could be a star that I like at three. But there's not. Like there's certain drafts where you're like, whoa, oh my God, they're good. This one, it's a lot of unknowns. We understand in this draft. that, Mr. Captain Killjoy. I mean, we understand God, that. God, Seriously, why, is, why, why, why could I, this not be the why, day he missed? Why, why am this I here? Why, am I, why am I here? All I'm simply to, to kill to kill yeah, our I joy. Kill, I killed. You just talk to kill our joy is why you're here. I'm just giving an opinion on the draft. I, I didn't say I'm not happy about it. All I'm simply saying is there are there are drafts when there are stars up and down the line. This is not one of them. And we there's understand really, that. 
I don't even know why. We I don't understand that. I don't even know why. I but you don't, why do but, I bother? But I think, like, first of all, I think Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards have star potential. I'm not saying they're going to reach that potential, but I think they both have potential to be star players for very good basketball teams. Personally, now, I don't know if you disagree with that, and we can talk it out. And I don't know if either one of those guys is going to be available at number three because we need somebody to pass on one of those two guys. But I do think there are, like, there's two guys right there I look at and say, I think they have physical star potential. They're raw. They're young. I just I want to be hopeful today. I don't want to hear that the draft. I think James, like, I think I James Wiseman would be that guy if they can get him at three. They need a big man to compliment Bridges and PJ Washington. Doesn't he compare to DeAndre Ayton, who was a number one overall pick? Now we saw Ayton more in college. We didn't see Wiseman play a full season, but we'll ask Paul B. and Cardi, the expert today at nine. I think that there's certainly at least DeAndre Ayton potential. And DeAndre Ayton started to play really well for Phoenix this year. He's an eighteen and ten guy already. I so think you James, don't like Ball or Edwards. I, I mean I like them, but I I think at three, I don't know if they're going to be there. I think James Wiseman should be the target at three if he's there. Anthony Edwards, certainly if he's there. I don't know if he will be. But James Wiseman is the guy I think is most likely. And I think he's also the best fit for them for what they need. And, and Edwards is as well. But I just think I think Edwards will probably go before that to with the Timberwolves or the Warriors. I just think Wiseman the most likely and also probably the best fit for what they need. We have it. We definitely need a big man. There's no doubt actually, about it. Actually, in my and, opinion, I think Obi Toppin is my favorite player in the draft. I just don't think he's my favorite player for what the – the Hornets' needs are picking Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. I don't know where Obi Toppin fits into that mix. I think he, I think he might be the most impactful player, really? especially early in this draft. Yeah. Well, there's some, Ken, some Kenyon Martin with Obi Toppin, maybe not defensively, but build and sort of what I think his numbers will be. I think Obi Toppin is, uh, and if Obi Toppin played in France and not a Dayton. If Obi Toppin was an international player, people would say, oh my gosh, this guy from France, Obi Toppin. But there's a stigma with guys that play in college, especially for two years, where they say, ah, he played at Dayton. It's not fair. But if Obi Toppin was an international prospect, like many of these players, I think Obi Toppin might be considered the best player in this draft. He's 22, and I wonder what, like, I, I, I want upside. You know what I mean? That's what led me to yell about Michael Porter Jr. a couple years ago. You know, I just, they need a star. Like we have, we have drafted good, solid players, Bone, but we need to swing for the fences, and that's why. And Wiseman's probably more of that guy. I just don't think anybody wins in the NBA nowadays because of a big man. Like, I, like DeAndre Ayton's a nice player. Phoenix did what they did because of Devin Booker first. I just think guys that can play on the perimeter and initiate offense are the guys that carry you deep, and that's what Anthony Edwards can do. That dude's dr shot off the bounce is lethal, man. Like, it is. And he attacks the basket and finishes through contact. And, and I know what you're saying is he's not going to be there. But today's about dreaming for me, man. Like, today, like, the Hornets bone moved up in a draft. Like, I, you, any, anything's possible. <laughs> so, like, my whole thing is, who are you rooting for to be there at number three? And to me, it's Ball, who, you know, Mike Schmidt says it from ESPN, the biggest upside in the draft. I know there's a stigma of the balls <laughs> ball in the family stigma going on there. But I just think you look at his length and skill set. He passes it like crazy, but appears to score more than his brother did. And then I think Anthony Edwards that we've needed, like you're right about Wiseman and needing a center, but we have needed a scoring guard on the wing bone. Forever, man. You know no, what I mean? That's the one thing we've really been missing there, that matters. There's no doubt. Mitch Kupchak was spotted in Australia in November watching uh, LaMelo Ball. Interesting thing here, the past connection. Wasn't Mitch Kupchak the one that drafted Lonzo Ball 
in L.A.? Isn't there a past connection with the ball fan? He was there, right? Mitch did draft Lonzo Ball. That was one of his last draft choices. I, I'm yeah. not, I don't remember. I believe. I don't know. It was, right, it was right toward. I don't well, know he what may that, already hate Daddy Ball. So then. that's what I'm saying. I don't know if there's already a, a thought. I mean, I have to go look it up and make sure, but there might be already a thought there. And certainly, I think that wing score that you're talking about with Edwards and a big man, uh, if one of those two guys is there, and certainly we have to see more about what Ball did in Australia in terms of how he's going to break down to the NBA. James Wiseman's compared on this uh, NBADraft.net to Hassan Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan. So defensively, if he's one of those two guys, Hassan Whiteside or DeAndre Jordan, that's a that's a win there. I think he's probably he's, more. He's going to give you defense. He'll give you defense. He'll give you rim running. Can he step out and shoot? You know, can he step out and be a stretch five? Can he step out and put it on the floor? Like that's where he's he's still raw offensively. I don't know, man. I, I like Ball and Edwards, and and those are the guys that would get me fun. But today should be all about. Who would fire the Hornets up? That's why I got a little worked up, Bone, because today is about dreaming, right? Anything is possible, a wise man once said for the Boston Celtics. Anything is possible. The Hornets will draft third. Mr. Kevin Garnett screamed that out. (laughs) Anything is also possible when it comes to the 2020 Panthers, except Mac and I are not happy with something Matt Rule said yesterday about a punt return idea. What did he say? It's Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ. It is Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Bone with you as we react to the Hornets getting a number three pick. There's going to be a lot of that coming up today, including Devontae Graham joining us at 840 to talk about bringing this pick home for us. First time in 21 years, we move up in the lottery. What is your dream? Who is your dream selection at three? And do you feel uh, the excitement that I do. All right, Mac and Bone, we are delivered by Bojangles. I do want to talk a little bit of Panthers. They haven't really given us excitement in a while either, although I am, am very excited about the Matt Rule era. I do want to say this, though, Bone, before we get going with the Panthers, I want to send thoughts and prayers to Ron Rivera, the Rivera family. Ron has a uh, form of cancer in his neck, um, and apparently they caught it early. Um, but you start hearing cancer with anybody uh, it gets scary, and the feeling is they caught it early. He's going to keep working through it. He believes he can, but he's been told you know, by people who've experienced this, in the next three or four weeks, you're going to start to really feel it. So hopefully he can be able to work through this, and hopefully they caught it soon enough. It sounds like maybe they did, man. But that, that news last night was just something uh, because we find out we're moving up in the, in the draft order, right, and they go to commercial break. And then during that commercial break, we start seeing on Twitter, Adam Schefter, that, that Ron Rivera has cancer. It was just it was just an arrangement of emotions. It really was. Yeah, Ron Rivera, one of the, uh, as you guys know from, from listening to him speak and, and all the stories of Ron over the last uh, nine years or so here in Carolina, one of the uh, most humble, down-to-earth professional coaches you'll ever come across. See, Clifford That's was right. that way, too. Clifford was that yeah. way as well. He's had his own health issues. But one of the just a just a genuine dude, just a guy that if you met him, you, you don't know he's a professional sports coach. He's just a, a regular dude, and we love him here. We know it didn't end the way we wanted it to, uh, or for it, it didn't end the way Ron wanted it to here in Carolina. But certainly, coaching aside, the guy's an all timer, and uh, I think he's always going to have a special place in our hearts here. Oh, you in Charlotte, you no. could tell. I think he should be honored at some point. That down the line, when when the smoke clears and 
he's almost done coaching or whatever happens. I think Ron Rivera's name deserves to be honored here. Oh, definitely. And you could tell who he is as a person and a coach. You could tell last night on social media that that Ron Rivera is not a coach that even those of us that thought it was time for it to end and move on like that, that, you know, felt like good riddance. Like he will always be considered a Panther, regardless what happens in D.C. or anywhere else. You can tell, like on social media, the way that one really hit Panther fans. He and his wife and all they did from a you know charity standpoint, like you could just they made an impact in Charlotte in our hearts, man. Not to get cheesy, but they did. No, no, no. You can tell it's not just us here, Boney. It's it's just damn near everybody. One of the most likable Charlotte sports figures of all time. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm not saying, you know, Muggsy Bogues holds a special place. I'm not I'm not saying he's Muggsy, but there's there's a special spot for for Ron Rivera, no doubt about it in our hearts. No doubt, man. Ron, keep pounding, man. Keep pounding and uh, and kick cancer. LeVar Ball, also one of the most beloved figures in Charlotte sports history, former Panther tight end. One of the the most, uh, you know, well-known practice squad players ever, Bone, in Panther lore. Um, Bring him back home. Let's let's get a LeVar Ball regular segment when we draft LaMelo, baby. Let's do it. LeVar Ball for an hour, a weekly. Let's now, maybe not. You should, eh, maybe we should. MJ would love Uh, dealing with LeVar Ball a lot, I'm sure. We can finally play that one-on-one game that LeVar says he'd win (laughs) against MJ if we draft LaMelo. All right, let's go to uh, a coach that not all of Charlotte loves right now, and that is Matt Rule. Everybody's still trying to figure <laughs> out uh, what's, what's he going to do for us and, and uh, how, how a lot of people, uh, how we're supposed to feel about Matt Rule. I know this, Bone. I believe in Matt Rule. I think he's going to do a great job. But I don't understand why you would put star position players literally and would even consider them as punt returners this year. Listen to Matt Rule talk about Farrow Cooper, a former Pro Bowl return man, but who else is getting punt return reps? Uh, yeah, Christian goes back and he, he works on catching punts. Uh, so does DJ. Um, you know, I think uh, I think it depends on, you know, how, how good he is compared to the next guy, compared to the next guy. You know, if there's a significant upgrade by anyone, we would use them in the right situation. So it's a little bit hard this year, you know, we really evaluate the punt returners not having, you know, not having the preseason games where you can really get the live bullets. You know, I think you guys saw us um, – on uh, I don't know today is Thursday. I think you guys saw us on Tuesday using the uh, you know really working hard on the kickoff returns with some semi live reps. You know, so we're trying to simulate simulate those things, and we think we've got something really good in, in Farrow. But uh, McCaffrey, you know, DJ, anybody will use if it gives us an advantage. All right, so there you go. I just <laughs> I haven't really uh, criticized Matt Rule for much since he's been here, Bone. All right, I feel I mean, like you and I both now have feel it. like we've been in the minority on that. I just hate this idea, and I also and listen later on in the presser, he was asked to follow up again by Steve Reed, like, "Hey, now what's up with this McCaffrey thing?" And he said basically that you know the only thing he's really considering is situational, like we got him backed up, let's take an opportunity here, or we get a guy really booming the ball, and he's going to give us time to return, whatever. Like, yeah, but. I don't believe in 2020 there should be any scenario to use either one of those guys at punt return. Like, I just don't think, like, what, what are we doing putting those guys at risk in a season where, honestly, we are starting a rebuild? No, Come I on, man. It, we ain't playing for the playoffs this year. It's the most absurd thing The most absurd thing I've heard Matt Rule say yet. And he hasn't said many, in my opinion, but in this particular case, why in the world, in a year where we have talked about getting Christian McCaffrey off the field more by the end of the year, trying to preserve that chiseled stallion for future years, meaning if they're way out, which they will be, they're way out of it by November, December. Hey, but 
let's limit the carries. Let's get McCaffrey out of games. Let's use that guy down the line, not necessarily for 2020. And I did some research back, and people will say, he's not those guys. Well, McCaffrey's on a Hall of Fame pace here, so I looked it up. Uh, Marshall Falk, Matt, career punt returns, zero. Barry Sanders, career punt returns, zero. Ladanian Tomlinson, career punt returns, zero. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason those three guys are three of the best ever, three of the most versatile ever, have zero career punt returns. Yeah. Because I, you don't need those guys. You got plenty of guys back there to do it. I, I, listen, it sounds like the chances of him or DJ getting a return are not really great. But the fact that he's e- – like, I just I, – and, and I think what got me is the amount of Panther fans then that jumped all over me when I criticized. And it's like, hold on now. Y'all criticize Rule for, like, what what kind of socks he's wearing, right? When yeah. He ruled the wrong color socks, it feels like you'll criticize him for. <laughs> and all of a sudden, something happens that really feels like, no, Matt, don't do it. It's not a good idea. It's not worth doing during this year. It's not worth the risk. And then there are people out there that are getting his back on it. Like, that's kind of what I think ups even more than the fact that Rule was considering doing it situationally. It just doesn't feel like the risk. And I'm with you, Bone. Like, uh, Christian McCaffrey had 403 touches last year. That is... 400 by Olivia. That's the, that's the third most in the last 10 years. Like, we can't do that again. Why are we adding touches? He didn't even get returns last year, and Ron Rivera was working him like uh, he was a sweatshop employee. You know what I mean? <laughs> someone I just says, don't get it. Someone says Matt Rule thinks the defense is going to force punts this year. That's He's an optimist, y'all. He is an optimist. I mean, you, you got plenty of weapons. We've talked all about the weapons, even a guy like Pharaoh Cooper, who's been a Pro Bowl kick returner, correct? Yeah, like uh, that. Curtis Samuel, we talked about getting the ball in his hands. Why not Samuel? And McCaffrey wasn't even that successful when he did it as a rookie. No, it didn't really he work out He only averaged well. 7.4 yards a return on 22 punt returns. And so. D.J. Moore, it didn't work out no, very well with him no, either. not at all. And you bring up a good name in Samuel. See, that's the kind of player, because then we got into this debate about, well, what are you saying, Mac? No starters can go back there? And it's like... A guy like Curtis Samuel is the perfect guy. Yes. A guy you're trying to find touches in every aspect of the game, right? And by the way, Rule mentioned again yesterday, out of the blue, Curtis Samuel is a guy that plays multiple positions for us. Yeah. Like, this running back thing might be more than just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what is that? Like, third one or, or two runs time, a game. Like, third or fourth time he's mentioned that, at this, least? This might be a little more than what I was thinking in terms of him being in the backfield, which is exciting to me. I, I think, you know... I think you nailed it, Bone. That's the kind of guy. We have come back together, Bone. We have united after a little draft tiff earlier, and we are back together on this one. And we'll see. We're we're bringing on Frank Garcia at 8. Frank Garcia was one of the main culprits that was arguing with me about how you need to get the ball in McCaffrey and Morris' hands any way you can. Well, so I had, we're going we're gonna to have to hear him out on that at 8 o'clock. I was arguing with listener Mark from Gastonia oh, while, no. while Mac was arguing with Frank Garcia. That tells me that Mac and I were very much on the right side oh, of the debate. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, real quick. No career punt returns for uh, for Curtis Samuel. He did have in 2018 10 returns for 209 yards, but no uh, no punt returns for we gotta play. which is kind of weird. You'd think that maybe at some point he'd have a, that a he punt return. Yeah. We got to uh, do this real quick. The backup quarterback situation he broke down for us. I would have said for the first week of camp, PJ would have been uh, a little bit ahead. I think Will's battled back. Um, you know, I, I know when you guys watch it, I know you guys see it differently, you know, because obviously we're seeing like, hey, the ball should go here. It should go there. But, you know, to me, it's way too early to start thinking about, the, you know, that yet. You know, we're just 
we're just trying to teach these two guys the system. And, and so one day one might look really good. One day the other might look really good, but, but really we're just kind of pointing to like two weeks from now. And, all right, so uh, that was interesting, the way he mapped out. He didn't say, okay, what the scoreboard, what the ledger is now. Yeah. But to say, P.J. started on top. Will Greer, who by all accounts has been playing pretty well the last handful of days. Will told you, Mackey, I told you, guy could swing it. Come back and pulled even. So I would be surprised if P.J. Walker is not our backup quarterback. I just feel like what he did in the XFL bone just it, it, it just puts him in another class over what I saw from Will Greer, but Will Greer's obviously going to improve from last year. What if with all this Teddy Bridgewater talk and all this Cam talk and Trevor Lawrence and Fields and Trey Lance, what if Will Greer Mac all of a sudden becomes uh, Kurt Warner? What, what if Will Greer gets in there and Will Greer's all of a sudden the Pro Bowl quarterback? That would be the that would be twenty twenty in a nutshell, wouldn't it? What well, um uh, in, yes that would you want to know it's twenty twenty in a nutshell actually the Hornets. Moving up in the lottery. One of the first things I thought about after I uh, celebrated the number three pick, like we were just guaranteed um, the number one pick in the draft for the next decade. That's how excited I was, Bone. But when I settled down, I realized that's freaking 2020. It is. Weird things happened. But finally, something 2020 happened that was actually good for us, man. It's a beautiful feeling. More on that coming up at 7 o'clock, by the way. Something that wasn't good for some of us. One of the most impactful incoming college football players from a local standpoint out for the season. We discuss who and what happened next with Mac and Bone on Sports Radio FNZ. Sports Radio FNZ. During the break, uh, I compared what happened last night to the rare moment when I was single where a, a woman would say, a young lady would say, yeah, I'll go back to your place. <laughs> I mean, I was in. Mac and Bone with you. Here's all the ladies that came to Mac's place back when he was younger. Randy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, <laughs> Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, wow. Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, really? Tara, Tamara, remember. Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney. You Nancy, had a Ruby? Yeah. A Ruby? Don't remember all those. <laughs> um, it, it was, uh, I was in shock. When when the Hornets were not announced in the t- at number eight, and that's actually when Bones' other team, his Knicks, were announced in number eight, moving down a couple and spots. Before this lottery I, last night, I had not moved up in the draft lottery as a fan of the Knicks or the Hornets since 1985. Yeah, it was, and I, I messed up by the way on my math. It was 32 okay. lotteries in a row combined. 32. 15 by the Hornets, 17 <laughs> by your Knicks that you have not moved up. But I was in complete shock. I was. I, it's almost like I didn't even know that was an option that the Hornets could move up because they have not in 21 years, and they will this year. And we're gonna. That's obviously going to be the biggest conversation today. But you know, we are football nuts, so we're definitely going to try to weave the football in. We got Joe Theismann coming up at 7:20. I want at seven o'clock. We get back into this, uh, you know, lottery. And Bone and I have a disagreement about who we should be hoping for at number three. But that's what we have to. Like, I'm just glad we can talk this out i'm glad we're not talking about the guys that like i'm glad we're not having the cole anthony discussion today because if we stay at number eight or nine we're having the cole anthony discussion and that discussion even with my even with two tar heels on the loose in the front office i feel like the cole anthony discussion will not happen knock on wood um as far as let's just let's just oh, run, it still happen <laughs> do you think there is a chance or are you joking I, Please I, tell I, me. I, like, I'm, I'm joking but you know part of me says i know <laughs> um Man, come on, Michael. Don't even Michael. Don't even think about it. He's looking at his iPad right now, smiling. Don't even think about <laughs> that, that, Cole Anthony. Doing that head nod. <laughs> All right, let's run through some of this college stuff, Bone. Uh, UT's that going to break. South Carolina fans 
got a uh, big blow yesterday when we found out Marshawn Lloyd, who was in line, it looked like, to be their starting tailback and who was extremely hyped as a true freshman yep. running back. We find out he tore his ACL. So if there is a season, they won't have him. And that sucks, man. I feel for you, Bone, and all the Gamecock fans. I can only imagine how much you were looking forward to watching him play this year because I know I was. Yeah, you know? this is what we talked about with Muschamp. He gets the he's getting the players in there. Right? This kid is one of the best incoming freshman running backs in the country. South Carolina signed a quarterback yesterday for the class of 2022, a five star, their highest ranked quarterback recruit ever, beat Georgia for him. So that's the conundrum when it comes to Muschamp type stuff. He's getting players in there, but it's when they get there sometimes either they're not. They don't get the most out of them or something happens along the way. So it's sad yesterday when Marshawn Lloyd tears his ACL because with my teams this year, in terms of success, there's not going to be a lot there on the college side and most likely the pro level. So this was Marshawn Lloyd was one of the things I was most looking forward to for football season. How does this young kid wins and losses aside with the Gamecocks tough schedule? How does this kid do as a freshman? And then how does that carry over down the line? But for the kid to tear his ACL, man, it just, it's horrible. It, it sucks. stinks, man. He honestly was going to be one of the most interesting players in the Carolinas. And we hadn't talked about Absolutely. him a lot because uh, this just in, I've been hyper-focused on UNC and Clemson and then Notre Dame coming into the conference. But really he is, Supposed to be the real deal as a true freshman running back right away. And that just sucks. Like Marcus Lattimore type potential down the line. Oh, like yeah. He he's, clearly the, he's clearly the best back since him. Yes. The only guy to even be mentioned in, his, in the same breath. Um, Boney, you did get good news, though, on the recruiting trail, right? Like uh, this quarterback, I think number one dual threat quarterback for 2022. Yeah, Gunner, Gunner Stockton, this kid, 2022, committed way early to South Carolina, has ties to Connor Shaw and his father. Former South Carolina quarterback Connor Shaw and his father have ties to the kid. So, yeah, that's an early commitment, Mac. You never know. With We saw with Drake May when guys true. when guys commit early. It's it's a process. We don't know who jumps in and you know tries to steal them away. But that's a five-star recruit for 2022. One of the biggest recruits ever for South Carolina. So, that was awesome to see. So, you lose a, rec- a player yesterday at injury. On the flip side, you get one down the line. So kind of a mixed bag of emotions for South Carolina fans yesterday. Although you wonder with Muschamp's status, what do you know? Does, what, does he stay and does well, that affect the... That was the thought there was, hey, he got this big five-star in oh, there. so they can't does, fire him? Does that buy him some time here with the quarterback recruit coming? The in? combination of the huge buyout, the COVID era with, with not... Mu- not much money for athletic departments yeah. and Gunner Stockton coming in in the future may keep them. That may save them right there. What a great quarterback name, though. If I was going to name myself a quarterback, if I was going to create Boney the quarterback, my name would be Gunner Stockton. I was thinking the same thing. Like, Gun- like what would be a better first name for a quarterback? There isn't one. Other than Gunner. Like, it, it, is it a waste of time to even try to come up with something? Like, if you hear a kid's name and he plays quarterback in the youth league, you're like, oh, yeah, that kid's going to be a baller. Gunner. Rifle. Rifle. <laughs> Rifle Robertson. <laughs> oh, Rifle Robertson would be an SEC quarterback. I have like a feeling, if you're man. Me, if, you're, if your kid's name is Rifle Robertson, Rifle Robertson, you're a, you're a baller. Creptola, you got anything, man, other than Gunner? What would be the be- the next best name a kid could have to be destined to be a quarterback? Slinger. Slinger. <laughs> Slinger. That. Slinger Simpson back to pass, everybody. I would he say, lets it go. Here comes Pistol Peterson. I feel like there's got to be like a field in the last name, like Slinger Scott Field or something like that. You know what I mean? Scott Field. There's like something like See, that. It's got to be long. We should have just stopped it at, at, at Slinger. I think, Slinger Scott Field. You think he overdid it? I think I'm going to name my first child Slinger now. <laughs>
Slinger oh McGee. Slinger McGee. Oh, Slinger McGee. That'll look good on a baseball or that football card. That would be a hell of a name, Slinger McGee. I'm not going right to Google the name Slinger McGee, though. <laughs> you got our back on this, y'all. We need uh, we need suggestions. What, what did we go down so a bad path? You're trying to raise a quarterback. What are you naming your kid? All right. Boy, what, what a path we went down there. I have to tell you, I wouldn't have, I didn't even bother with all this because I knew that someone of my genetics was not going to be a quarterback. <laughs> wasn't even worth it to me, y'all. Was I knew my kid was destined to be obsessed with a video game, and sure enough, he is. I had to literally physically remove him from the Xbox at 9.15 last night. <laughs> My God. All right, anyway, Winchester Fields. That sounds like a rich guy in Myers Park. Winchester <laughs> Winchester Fields that's committed to Notre Dame already. Uh, Winchester Fields works for basic executive with Bank of America, I think. All right, anyway. Oh, that's fun. If you're just joining us, Gunnar Stockton is a 2022 five-star quarterback recruit committed to South Carolina. So we're talking about fun quarterback names. Now let's get back to stuff that's not fun. And by the way, this is why I'm so excited, Bone, and why I maybe got so emotional in the first segment about the draft pick, because we're going to go back to COVID talk now. Like, if we have not been doing talk about anything really in sports that is fun, especially from a local standpoint. So when we get back into it at 7 o'clock, I, I really want to 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 dream and have fun talking about the I think COVID, COVID might go away soon. Because COVID's now affected in New York Mets. Even COVID's going to be like, okay, we don't want to be any part of this Mets organization. We're going to roll out now. Once COVID you think affects, that's the end yeah, of they're going to affect them. They're going to affect the Mets and get a few of the Mets and what they deal with. COVID, COVID's going to go, you know what? I'm out of here. I, just, I can't deal with this mess. Let's hope. It is not out of here uh, in this state. At ECU, 10 cases of COVID on the football team. They have shut down practice. So now ECU and App each have double-digit cases within the football program and have both uh, currently shut down practice. Um, then you have the situation at NC State where I'm sure UNC fans uh, who had jokes made at their expense a couple days ago will make comments about how NC State followed their lead because yeah. NC State, two days after UNC did it, yesterday announced that their kids will be taken off campus and it will be all virtual learning, all online learning. And this may, Boney... This may coincide with the report that came out a couple of days ago, right after UNC did it, that the ACC believes that the bubble concept is their best chance of playing college football. And I think you and I agree with that, too, and that there is a proposal out there to get basically all the schools to either go all virtual learning or darn near all virtual learning. So I don't know if this is tied in. You're going to see this with all the ACC schools, but it seems like it just seems like the right move it's a shame, though, Bone, that schools had to learn by making mistakes. I know that's yeah. how we learn in life, but it's a shame you had to get kids sick, but you know, to, do, to, to, to see the light on this. Mistakes were made, but hopefully there's enough time to rectify what happened and try to fix it and come up with a better plan. So you would hope that they would have had a better plan more in advance of preparing for these things. Definitely. They had a lot of time here from March Madness when this thing started to college football season to try to figure out and watch other sports and watch the world and how it's going to have a plan that when he got to August, but it feels like they got to August or late July and they tried to figure out the plan instead of having the plan, even backup plans. Hey, if this doesn't work, here's plan B. Here's plan C. Look again. There's no blueprint for this. Mistakes are made all over the place. We get it, but now it's time to figure out, hey, to have college football, what is the best plan in the bubble and the virtual stuff has to be the way to go. There's I, no doubt about I it. I just don't understand how the people that run the colleges and, may, and I don't know. You know what? Maybe it had to do with football. Maybe a lot of these schools thought what John Swafford said months ago, Bob Bowlesby, Greg Sankey, what everybody said months ago. Yeah. You and I said months ago that kids have to be on campus to play football. 
And maybe that maybe that was maybe they were trying to force it to get that moneymaker on campus. Maybe it was as simple as this, too. If we start talking about money, maybe it was as simple as we want to try to get full tuition without any arguments. Right. We want to try to get room and board. So we're going to try to send those kids to campus and see if it works. I saw something yesterday that ticked me off, Bone. and it I couldn't imagine that happening to you can, on an can, afternoon. Can you believe that I would get ticked off? I know you haven't witnessed that lately, Bone, in at least, I don't know, 35 minutes. But um, Peter Hans is the president of the of the UNC school system. Is that a fake quarterback name? No. <laughs> um, uh, he is the president of the UNC school system. And he said yesterday in a statement, he blamed the students for what has happened with UNC and NC State. Big fella, I we live in a world where our leaders have to be freaking accountable and not blame 18 and 19-year-olds. What the heck did you think was going to happen when you sent college-age students back to see each other when they've been cooped up in the house for months? Like, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that they will party, they will congregate, and they will socialize. So I, I I was I was offended by that. Like we live in a country bone where our leaders and I don't want to go off the deep end here because uh, at seven o'clock I just we're gonna want to get right back into the wave of the Hornets draft and third. But we just got leaders in all walks of life, sports, government, whatever, that just lack any freaking accountability and responsibility. Uh, it's, like it's like, unbelievable. I, I don't know how you feel about this because I got Twitter yelled at by a few people. When I bashed this guy and said, how about you as a leader take accountability? You guys had a control over whether they went back to campus. How about you have some foresight? And a lot of people said, oh, they got to split the blame. You got to dish the blame out to the kids. The college kids were doing what any generation of college age kids would do at a college campus, in my opinion. No, you're I, right. You put like, you put young people that close together, even if they're not even just you just even not not even just the partying. You have them living near each other in dorms and apartments and and, and student houses. They're all near each other. What do you think is going to happen? They're all going to distance at that age. There's no way we can't have grown people distance, can we? Sometimes we we don't have grown people following the rules. What we're supposed to do? Never mind eighteen and nineteen year olds. And, and you yeah, put them all near each point. other without people watching them. What do you think is going to happen? That, they're that's all gonna, what I'm saying. You think they're going to go? You know what? I can't do that because I have to follow by, abide by the rules. Like no you, way. I'd be out there partying too, man. If you're asking me who I'm more upset at in this situation, it would be the people that sent them back to campus, right? It would, and, and it would be leaders in general. You know, just. Where's the accountability in leaders these days? It's uh, such a CYA world, right? It's just admit you were wrong and let's fix it. Um, I mean, people in Big Ten country are mad because Warren and company just haven't spoke out and explained. Oh, we tried to yesterday, yeah. but like just accountability. By I think the way, Peter, I think Peter Hans was the old man in the Mighty Ducks. Where's Where's Franz at? Franz should have <laughs> put the statement out. It would have been better than that. I don't know what you guys think. Maybe you think the young millennial, or I don't, they're not millennials. Whatever's below millennials, maybe you just want to blame them. By the way, Bone, great Generation na- Z, Max. Great name from a texter. What you we, got? We were talking earlier about like quarterback names. Like, uh, what would you name your kid to be a quarterback? Cannon McManon. Oh, heavens, yes. <laughs> Cannon McManon is a gunslinger if he's a quarterback, baby. All right, next up, let's get back to happy talk for a change. Hornets draft in third. Who do you want? We'll talk about it.